Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. So we're going through 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and interestingly enough, even though theoretically it was our idea to go into this book, I'm discovering it to be a different book than I had known it to be before. Anybody, you read a book of the Bible and you think you know it, and you come back later and it looks totally different? Yeah, come on. That's the beautiful thing about this word. I, I, I mean, I've joked about this before. If God tells me to go read like Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, I'm like, no, there can be nothing new there. And then he shows up. This word knows the, no depth. It goes all the way down, and he meets us in it. And I will say this. If you struggle to read the word, I would encourage you to realize that it's a love letter from God to you. And so you should read it with him. Ask him to open the word when you come to it. Um, it's not, we're not reading for information. We're reading for revelation. We're reading to see him. And so um, as we've been going through this book of 1 Corinthians, part of the thing we felt like God was calling us to do was to lean into what does it look like for God to build us as a body, to build us in community, to build us in unity. And anybody found it's hard to live with people? If not, I have no idea who you are, right? Like, like literally, life doesn't get hard till you live with people. True? Like, I, like and I, it was funny. I didn't realize how many problems I had until I started to date Masha. No, no, don't get me wrong. I was a single guy. I was awesome. I was amazing. And then I remember Masha was coming over to my place the first time, and I looked around at my place with totally new eyes. And my level of hygiene was not up to snuff. Who knew? Instantaneously, I discovered I was a mess. Why? Because in relationship, she mirrored to me, not even before she'd been there, she mirrored to me that there were things in me that weren't exactly right. Oh, I'll just leave that one there. I'll let Jesus bring that one home. I, 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 don't, I can't be trusted. Um, no, no. But, but the reality is, is that when we draw together, everything that is not of God gets revealed. Not to shame us, but for us to be set free. It's actually the promise that we'll be set free. And so uh, we started out, you know, we, we talked about this. The book of Corinthians is written, strangely enough, to the Corinthians. It was a church that was planted uh, among uh, primarily a bunch of uh, sailors, merchants, and prostitutes with a smattering of Jews. And strangely enough, they had a hard time being one. They had a hard time being community. There, early on, when I was a young man, I was always looking for people who were different. And then I started to realize that's hard, so I started to look for just people who were just like me. And then I realized that was bad too, right? Did anybody know what I'm talking about? First, you think maybe you started with opposites attract, and now you regret it. Don't nudge anybody. Um, you know, but then there's this idea, well, we, the only way we can be one is if we're the same. But that doesn't work either, does it? Because at the end of the day, anybody figured out we're still different. And so in this thing, they are starting to have problems, and some of those problems are super overt with sin, 
But so he is writing to them because they're having all these problems being a community, being one. And so we started with chapter one and they were talking about this whole thing. And you're, you're, you're so excited to find out how he's going to help them be one. And the first thing he says is if you're going to deal with the problems of sin that have come up in your community, you first have to realize that Christ has made you one. It is out of our union with Christ. It is out of the cross. It is out of the fact that we share Christ, that we have been raised with him, that we are seated with him in the heavenly places, that we, are, we have been united with Christ through his death. It is his life that lives in us. That is our union. And then, and so that was, that was awesome. And, and, uh, but he said, you guys have all these quarrels and there's all these different groups in your church. Um, you know, uh, I, when I moved to Georgia, I was really surprised at how divided the church was, particularly on football Sundays. <laughs> I didn't realize that there were things more important than God. Um, but who knew that bulldogs and, and yellow jackets uh, and, uh, and uh, tigers could get in the, or elephants could get in the way. And in this, they had all these different uh, stripes and um, we talked about this. There was the, the group that was uh, following a guy by the name of Apo Apollos. Apollos would have been the hipster preacher. Like, he would have been really good looking, super up to date, super classy. He came from a place called Alexandria where they taught all the coolest things. He, he was using all the language of the world. He was super, super smart. And there were a bunch of people who followed him. And then there was Peter. You guys know Peter? Remember Peter? Another name for him was Cephas. He was kind of a bull in the china shop. Who are my bull in the china shop people? You're like, just give it to me straight. Don't give me any of that gobbledygook, all that super intellectual stuff. Just make it work. Yeah, yeah. So you got Peter. And, and he was also, he was a good guy for all the, the people who wanted to, to be good Jews. You know, and then you have people who are like, I, you know what? Paul planted this church. Paul's my man. I'm with Paul to the end. I'm just, I'm faithful, loyal, stable. You know, I'm with Paul. And, and then there are people who are like, you know what? I'm with Christ. I'm with Christ. Christ wins. Trump's y'all, y'all. I'm with Christ. And, and even those people, Paul called them out because he said, guys, it's not about all these different groups. It's not about who you're following. It's about who you have been made one with. It's about who, in whose life you are. And so in chapter 2, we talked about this. We, uh, we taught, he said, and so all of these teachings that are dividing you all, guys, do you realize at the end of the day, you have the mind of Christ. Anybody feel like you may uh, have never installed that particular on your hard drive? You know what I mean? Like, think about that. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. In other words, you have the thinking. You have the ability to think like God, like Christ. Anybody want to do a reboot? You know, like cannot find drive, right? So this is where we start. Chapter 3, verse, verse 1. Brothers and sisters... I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. Oh, good, we're going to get a deal with sin. Oh, this will be fun. Mere infants in Christ. Anybody here look down on anybody in church? Okay. 
I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. Well, how are they worldly? Let's find out. What kind of horrible sin are they into? Anybody get excited when you hear somebody, somebody else is doing worse than you? Anyway, he said, for since there is jealousy and quarreling. Take a break. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I th- anybody grow up in that church? No, no, never, never. Mm-mm. Jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Uh, uh, uh. Anybody, when you came to the gospel, felt like the ex- expectations were too high? Do you know what I'm talking about? When you came to the, you're like, this is too much. It's impossible. You can't expect this of me. Yeah, you can't expect that of mere humans. But apparently Paul doesn't think you're a mere human anymore. How, how could I not be a mere human? How could I not be a mere human? If I have been united with Christ, am I a mere human anymore? Bionic man. Right? If I have God who created the universe living on the inside and I have his mind and I have his spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead on the inside, do I have to live as a mere human anymore? Just agree with me. Just technically, let it ride for the next few minutes. Just let it ride. I know your brain's breaking. Don't worry. But stay with me. Just let it ride for a minute. If indeed God is on the inside, should it not follow that out of me should flow more than what flows out of a mere human? See, the good news of the gospel is, the good news of the gospel is this, that that which is humanly impossible flows out of me by his might and his power. When Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, anybody ever get depressed on the Sermon on the Mount? Like, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. You're like, ah! I don't want to be part of that church. What he, he said, if you've, if you've lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery. Ah! Right? What he was saying is he said, guys, you don't understand. I want to show you what the life of the Spirit looks like, what it looks like when God is empowering you. You're not trying to stop doing overt sin. You are living in righteous living from the inside out by my power and my might. When you tell that to someone who's not living by the Spirit, that sounds like the most impossible, the most impossible expectation, doesn't it? It feels like punishment. It's like, how dare you ask me of that? Anybody as a child, you had parents who asked of you what you simply could not do? All the time. And so many of us, that has been our experience with Christianity. But the reality is, this is not what he demands. This is what he provides for us. And so we are no longer called to live as mere humans. And so what he's saying is, if there's division, if there's quarreling among you, you are living as mere humans. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another follow, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? 
In other words, when you're abdicating your, remember, you have the mind of who? Is the mind of Apollos a lower form than the mind of Christ? Anybody here, you heard a really good teaching and you just kind of copied and pasted it into your life? But haven't actually lived it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I've actually re-preached other people's messages because they, they really touched my heart, but they had never transformed mine. See, you have the mind of Christ, and so you have the ability to listen, even right now, listen for Christ speaking. Not Peter speaking, but Christ speaking to you. Like when I said that before, I don't have to take that home. Christ will take it home because you have the Holy Spirit. You can hear him speaking to you and showing you what he has for you. But anybody here, you've been impressed with the smarts of somebody else and you just copied and pasted their revelation. It doesn't bear fruit, does it? It actually bears the law. It is unable to fulfill. And so he says, when you're saying, I follow Apollo, or I follow Apollos, you're getting it totally twisted. He said, what after all is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants the, through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. Apollos watered. God made it grow. Now from this, that's what I took this growing up. Some people, they're just planters. And some people are waterers. And really what I ended up doing was divide the church into planters and waterers. And I do this and I do that. And the, and the evangelists all live out there and never come into the church. And, you know, and, 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 uh, and the pastors are mad at the evangelists. And the evangelists are mad at the pastors. And No, no, no. He's simply saying, regardless of what we did, God is the one who causes the growth to happen. Not according to whether you align with, you know, whether you like Paul or you like Apollos. As the Lord is assigned, I planted the seed, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But God in you is the one who makes it grow. One of the things, um, you know, we had this, um, what really broke us. Masha and I are... I think in the natural world, we're good go-getters. We could make religion work relatively okay if we were dealing with normal okay people. Oh, not about you. I wasn't talking about you. No, when we were, when we were in Russia working with orphans, you know, who had all used heroin by the age of 15 and, you know, various forms of prostitution and all that, um, it, it kind of broke us because we would try to help them and, and it wouldn't work. So we'd spend more and more time with them. And finally got to the realization, if I spent 23 hours a day with them, in the one hour I wasn't with them, they blow the whole wad. Anybody have a friend you're trying to save from themselves? How's that working? I realized, we realized we could not save them. I know that's a shock. I know. Go figure. What they needed was Jesus on the inside who is with them 24-7 guiding them into righteousness because they were dealing with things I'd never dealt with. They would ask me what to do in certain situations. Like, and I was like, I don't know. Like, like they would have situations. Well, when the gang is demanding you play cards or they, and, and drink vodka with them or they beat you, what do you do? And I'm like, I, I, I know the right answer, but I don't want to be responsible for you being beaten right? God with them in the middle of hell was enough. 
Guys, listen. This is why you can't copy and paste somebody else's revelation into your life because your life has never been lived before. You have the mind of Christ. And that, honestly, is, I think, why God made man and woman and had them be married because that's 100% guarantee you're living with somebody radically different than yourself. Anybody here judge somebody else according to your relationship with God? This morning. Or, or better yet, allow the other person's relationship to judge you. No nudging. You know, I've told this story many times, but it's always good. Is uh, early on in our relationship, I had a suddenly spiritual moment and I realized I am not doing my job to lead my bride to Jesus. Uh, I just need to take, I need to help her. I need to help her. And, and I started a whole bunch of, and God goes, whoa there, tiger. I'm happy you're having a good moment. Don't mess with her success. He said, yes, your highs are higher than her highs, but her, and your lows are lower than her lows and her batting average is better. Her walk is different than yours. Don't try to make her you. Anybody found that other people encounter Jesus different than you? I mean, just look around in worship. I love the freedom in this house. Every one of you encounters God in a different way. But anybody here tried to copy and paste somebody else's? They're like, you're doing like, like that? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, but the, and it didn't work, did it? Because your heart, you're just trying to respond to Jesus, not respond to your neighbor. He said, for we and they will each, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they'll each be rewarded according to their own labor, their own personal relationship with God. For we are co-workers in God's service, and you are God's field, God's building. By the grace of God has given me. The grace of God is the presence of God to do the will of God. It's the presence and power to do the will of God. Amen. Like, by the grace of God given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. You know, I did it, but it was God coming through me. Like, when I flip on a light switch, I flipped on a light switch, but am I the one making the light? No. Am I sitting there going, I'm holding the light switch. I'm keeping it lit. No. In the same way, when you and I partner with God, he does amazing things, not mere human things. Do I get credit for it? No. Now, there, when mere human things come out, I get credit for those. And you probably know when that happens, right? Because it gets dark all of a sudden. Where did he go? Jesus. Anybody, you've had a really good time with someone and suddenly the light went out? Okay, moving on. He said, "For but each of you should eat, but listen, I, but he said, each one should build with care. He's a builder, but you're a builder. Don't you love the song we sing? Build my life. See, you and I are builders with the Lord. He gives us a block, we put it in place. He gives us this. We, he is building in us and he us into the building process but it's his grace that empowers us to do it for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that was already laid in jesus christ so if uh 
I, I grew up in Kentucky. Don't hold that against me. But there's not building code in the country. So normally, in the, what you do is if you're going to build a house, you, you pour a foundation, right? And the size of the foundation is the size and the shape of the house. Unless there's no code in which you just start slapping on pieces onto the side of the house without a foundation. What happens to the pieces of the house that don't have a foundation? They fall down there. <laughs> you haven't seen those houses in the country? They're like very creative in terms of uh, levels. Right. No, the reality is the only sure, the shape of the house can be no different than the shape of the foundation. And the foundation is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, nothing in our life in Christ can be in anything that it flows out of him to him out of him, into you, through you, and back to him. Everything is empowered by him. If there's anything in our lives that is self-powered, it's part of that country shack slapped on the back. And guess what is going to happen to it? When the wind and rain comes, what's going to happen to that part of the shack? It's going to slam to the ground. Anybody have some parts of your life that have slammed to the ground? You just found out they weren't on the foundation. They were in works of man. They were in our own efforts. Say what? That was by that. That was like a, a building inspection, like, you know, code violation thing. Just letting you know. All right. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, or hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is. This is like the three little pigs. Um, it will be revealed with fire. Now, I read this, and the way I was taught this was fire, it would like, at the end of time, fire will come and consume everything. I was like, ah. It was kind of like, have you, did anybody have one of these classes in college that only had a final exam? You have no idea if you're passing or not until the final exam. There's nothing more terrifying. You don't know if you're getting the material or not. That is not a good way to do it. That's not it. He said, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what is built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Anybody had some moments in your life where things you built didn't survive? That's fire. That's fire. There is fire in this life that comes to test and refine and reveal what's real and what's not. Reveal what is made of fleshly works of human effort and what is built on God. You don't have to question. That's the beauty of fire. It's really effective. Like you're, you're like, I don't know. Is this wood, hay, stubble, or gold? Light a match. You'll find out real quick. <laughs> right? Anybody, anybody had a relationship or our relationship is just amazing. We never fight. We never fight. And then you have the first fight. You're going to find out what's, what's gold and what's hay and stubble, aren't you? If what has been built survives. I love that. If it survives. <laughs> oh, the builder will receive the word. But anybody here found... That fire is your friend. Early on in my life, when I thought that failure was final, 
I thought that when things collapsed, it was over. And then my entire life completely, utterly, totally collapsed. And I realized what remained was him. And I began to build on that foundation. And I realized I love fire now. You know why? I don't want to build on hay and I don't want to build on, on wood. I want to build on him. I want to build on the rock. And so when fire comes, it reveals the things. Anybody here has something you thought was real solid in your life and then it burned up? I've gotten to the point where I get, I get kind of excited. At least I didn't build five stories on top of that thing. If what had been built survives, the builder receives his reward. And if it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Come on, praise God. Even though only one, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody here gotten out with maybe the clothes on your back? But you're still here, isn't it? Anybody know the joy, the power of realizing that your life is hidden with Christ in God? That he is your alone is your salvation? He alone is your hope? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that this God's spirit dwells in your midst? By the way, this, they should write this in Southern because it doesn't come through in English. It should be y'all's midst. See, see it's written to a body. We do not have a personal gospel. This gospel is unlivable by yourself. Why? Jesus came. We talk about it. John 17. He came and died that we might be one with him, even as the Father is and he are one, and that we might be one with each other. You have not been saved to be saved. You've been saved to be united with God and with one another. And so we cannot live out this life on our own. It's his temple is in our midst. In other words, his presence is in our midst. Anybody wanted, who here has made the interior vow that I'm just going to do it with me and Jesus from here on out? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just, I, I, forget y'all. Just me and Jesus. We'll be fine. Was it fine? No, you're here. <laughs> you're like, anybody, like literally, the, so many times, even in the life of the body and the church, we have these moments, right? You guys remember the moment when Jesus decided to preach the sermon, the cannibal and vampire sermon? You know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he took his ministry from 15,000 people down to just 12 in like, like minutes flat. Like everyone's like, oh, we're out of here. Honey, I knew he was a freak, right? And he turns around and he even tries to get rid of them. He said, aren't y'all going to leave? Peter goes, oh, we want to. We really, really want to. I don't even want to think what my mother-in-law is going to say when she hears this one. Can we just keep moving away from home? I just, I, I. But where can we go? You have the words of life. See, I, I, I was, I was uh, talking with someone. I said, I'm so grateful. I've already explored all the other options. Because there's moments when you're like, I just don't want to. But where can I go? Where can I go? You have the words of life. And his words of life are in our midst. It's in the space of community. You know, I mentioned this, that when we live in community, we are mirrors to one another. Now, here's the question. If you don't like what you see in the mirror, you have two choices. You can, you can in, do, make some changes or you can break the mirror. 
No, right? Breaking the mirror doesn't solve the problem. But if you are reflecting back to me something in me I don't like, oftentimes what do we do? We run away from the mirror. We, we, we blame the mirror. That's another little side. You can just tuck that. That'll preach. I'll just let Jesus preach that one. I can't, I can't be trusted. That one's, that's, that's one's, whew. All right. He said, don't you know, and God's spirit dwells in your midst. If somebody dr- destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Now, people have used that for the body. He's talking about this temple, the, the space in which we meet. In other words, if somebody willingly, purposely creates division for division's sake, it's going to come back on them pretty hardcore. And it's a terrifying thing because this is the thing Jesus died for. Listen, as a good loving father, when he sees people coming and trying to destroy the unity of his people, he gets ticked. He gets ticked. And it's not a unity around like people, right? Around Paul or Apollos. It's around his spirit. Do you understand what I mean? It's not around a personality. It's not around, it's around it's around his spirit. And when, now, whew, all right. for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. You together. Do not deceive yourselves. <laughs> I don't know why that never struck me as funny before, but do not deceive yourselves. I'm going to deceive myself. <laughs> I've known some, okay, I've done it. Anybody here, you're like, I'm going to be dumb today. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, in other words, you followed some super smart teaching, you've, you've gone off, you know, I'm going to teach, tell everybody. He said, you should become fools so you can become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. I'm going to tell you this, and again, because I've done a lot of uh, deep field research, much of what passes for Christianity is just been copy and pasted from popular culture. It's simply popular culture ways of dealing with behaviors, popular culture's ways of, of dealing with issues. It's just copy and paste. But this kingdom is built on the foundation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I have been guilty, more than y'all, of giving people human tricks to deal with situations that only Christ in you, the hope of glory, can resolve. I can give you tricks to keep you from overtly sinning, but only God can actually root out sin in your heart and, and let the flow of his life and love come through you. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders or the latest book or the latest. You do not understand what I mean? This is why years ago um, when I was coming into the things of the spirit, um, God spoke to me really strongly. He said, Anybody, you have issues, you're doing great until you have to deal with your own family? Anyway, okay, well, because family has a hard time when, when you change, right? They like to deal with you how you were. And, and I, you know, I'm like, ah, 
Oh, you know, you, anybody here, you got the latest revelation and you just want to tell everybody and teach everybody? Only me? Okay. Anyway, it's just me. It's just me all by myself. Okay. So I, God goes, easy, tiger. He said, when you're talking to your family, you're not allowed to teach. You're not allowed to preach. You're not allowed to tell other people's revelations or other people's stories. You can only tell present tense testimonies, fresh testimonies. Well, that's awful limiting. In other words, only the things that have borne fruit in my life can I share with other people. Anybody here, you're looking at somebody else and you're like, I know what will fix you. It's my gift, actually. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Take a bite. As you are in this world, as he is, so are we in this world. The fruit of his spirit in us is all we have to give one another. So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether all things are yours. How do you have all things? Because you have Christ. In Christ, you have everything you need for life and godliness. Or world, you, I said, whether all things are yours, whether the stuff of Paul or the stuff of Apollos or Cephas or of the world or of life or of death, the present or the future, that's a lot of stuff. All are yours. Why? Because you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. See, the unity we share is not from having all the exact same exact beliefs. The unity we share is not of having all the same experiences. The unity we share is because we have the same daddy, and we have the same Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the same Christ living on the inside who has made us one. Now, I have a question. Anybody here felt not very one today with the person you're sitting next to? Several people got stiff. (laughs) What if instead of trying to become one, anybody tried to become one with somebody? Like, when you try to become one with someone, you start to become aware of all the ways you're not one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You start to, oh, oh my gosh, we got to deal with this issue and deal with this issue, blah, 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 right? You become very problem-oriented. But what if, instead of trying to resolve your lack of oneness, which makes your relationships a problem, what if instead you get to explore the union Jesus says you already have? Well, how would I do that? How would I explore the union? Well, the first way is I would stop relating you. Paul later says this. He said, we no longer relate to anyone as merely human. Anybody here has someone demonstrate merely human behavior in your presence recently? One of the things the Lord said to me recently, he said, you do not get, you do not get to relate to people as according to who they say they are. I'm like, well, then how else am I supposed to relate to them if I'm not supposed to relate to them as they tell me they are? He said, you relate to them as I say they are. See, I, anybody had a bad day? So I had a bad, uh, you have a bad day. And in that moment, what do you think? I'm bad. You're bad. 
everything's bad, we're all going to die. By the way, weather report, weather report. This is one of my favorite things. Weather report. This week, the weather has been, yeah, I'll break it out. Despair. Anybody? Despair? Anybody have some despair? Okay, how about some despondency? Despondency. Is that an E or a C? I can never remember. We'll say E. Despondency. That means, what's the point? No? Anybody? Four of us? Despair, despondency, uh, fatigue, exhaustion. Okay. Who here sees this on the board? You see, you, you had this this week. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. So that, isn't it good to know you're not alone? That was in the water. Like, it was so thick, nasty. You got to understand, I don't deal with depression. Sunday afternoon, I wanted the day to end. I was in like, I was like, what is this? This is ridiculous. This is the darkness. See, when I relate to myself or to you as according to mere humans, this becomes my reality. The problem is you can't resolve this because it's a lie. I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. And we were talking about this. Masha was like, how do you walk out of that? And so I'm not saying I did it perfectly. It took me many days. I'm not going to lie. But one of the things I've learned is to have a suspicion that this is not true. And therefore, not to build my life on it, Kentucky country style. Anybody here tried to... Okay, anybody been in despair and tried to psychoanalyze it? How well did that work? How encouraged did you become? You start to dialogue with the devil about the 39 ways you're going to die. True? No. See, I cannot resolve a lie. Jesus, what do you say? Well, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't hear a whole lot other than I wouldn't listen to that. And I just kept walking. I kept walking. Suspicious of that. Suspicious of it. I kept, God, what do you do? What do you want to do? I kept looking for the grace. Now, listen. Anybody walked into a room and there's like five light switches, and you flick on one, and no light happens. What do you do? Break up the furniture and start making a fire. No, what do you do? You try another one, right? Anybody gone through a whole bank of it? You just start going randomly, just flicking switches left, right, and center, right? Yeah, why? Because you're, you are confident light is there somewhere. In the same way, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have Christ on the inside. If Christ is not showing up, don't start digging in this. God, God, I know you're here. God, I know there's grace for something. God, I know there's grace for something. God, what would you have me do? God, what are you doing? What, God, what are you saying? You have the mind of Christ. Well, guess what? If you flick the switch and light doesn't come on, could it be that, that you're just acting as a mere human? Try another light switch. And I remember this actually happened with you, Zach, on Friday. On Friday, I, I had a good time. We, we met with Ann and Terry, and that was really good. And I started to kind of sort of remember who I am. But I'm driving on the way home, and something got in my heart of God's heart towards, for Zach. And I was like, oh. Versus thinking only about myself and my navel. And I, so I reached out to him, and I gave him a word. He called me back, and it was great. We had this amazing time. God showed up, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a spiritual person. I'm made in the image of Jesus. 
forgotten who you are? Or you forgot who the person you're with is? Resolving when they are believing a lie or I'm believing a lie about them or I'm believing a lie about myself, resolving that won't do anything. I need to get back to remembering he has made us one. Anybody ever, okay, for you, those of you married, you tried to figure out why you ever got married in the first place? Yeah, in those moments you go, God, God, I'm not going to resolve this mess. God, what do you say? God, what do you want to do here? And in that moment, as we build on that firm foundation of Christ in me, the hope of glory, he can begin to build gold, precious stones, stones, things that will last in our lives. And then unity is, the, is revealed. The unity that he paid a price for, that he made happen. Whew. Wow. Oh, if we could have the worship team. Could you help me, Zach, before I kill somebody with this? And then we have to resurrect them. It's a whole mess. All right. Jesus. Oh, thanks. If you, like me, the... If I hear a message like this, I usually have one of two options. One option is shame. Oh my gosh! The other is hope. I want you to lean into hope. Hope, could this be true? Could this be real? God, could it be? I feel like many of us have seen a glimmer of what God has. So if we could stand. Father, I ask right now that you would give us courage to lean into hope for the life that you designed for us, the supernatural life that only you can bring about. Lord, to believe that truly you have made us one, that in fact you are revealing yourself in us and through us. You are flowing out of us into others. Lord, we ask you right now to show yourself. We love you. Amen. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.